Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome into Five on the Floor Live here on the Five Reasons YouTube channel. I'm Ethan Skolnick. You can follow me at Ethan J. Skolnick and at Five Reasons Sports. Today's floor plan, we've got Greg Sylvander. We've got Brian Fonseca. We've got Brady Hawk. We've got a heat loss. We, again, I'm doing this on the YouTube channel that we'll post to the podcast feed afterwards, so you may be hearing it there. Also, make sure to check out FiveReasonsSports.com for all the latest written content. We do not have a paywall, and if you're on the YouTube channel, Make sure you hit the like and subscribe buttons. The Miami Heat lose tonight, 112 to 106 to the Toronto Raptors. We are sponsored, excuse me, 112 to 104 to the Toronto Raptors. We are sponsored here as always by our friend Lynette over at A Aggressive Insurance. You can find her at insurancebylynette.com. That's insurancebylynette.com. You can see the phone number if you're here on YouTube, 954-581-8800. Lynette, of course, regular contributor here in the comments on the YouTube channel, but more importantly, she's great at getting you insurance. She gets you life insurance, she gets you renter's insurance. She can also, of course, get you car insurance, even if you do not have a good driving record. Trust me, I have sent people to her and she has found insurance when I thought there was no way that was actually gonna happen. So insurancebylynette.com. I do not encourage bad driving, but if you are a bad driver, go to Lynette. She will help you. Insurancebylynette.com. Again, it's 954 581 8,800, and again, that's aggressive insurance agency that's in North Lauderdale. All right, again, as I said, the Miami Heat lose tonight, 112 to 104. No Bam Adebayo, no Tyler Hero. I don't want to hear it. I'm sorry. Um, There was no Pascal Siakam tonight. Scotty Barnes was not 100%. There was also no Precious uh, Chua. I will never pronounce his name correctly because that's just part of my thing. But the Raptors were shorthanded too. I understand that it's a it's a road game, um, but look, there are issues that we need to get into tonight that are symptomatic for this team. And I know we were going to talk a lot about Nikola Jovic. We will probably devote the second half of this episode to that. I want to take your comments related to that. And that will be a little bit more upbeat because there was a lot to like tonight. But there's a couple of things that I don't like at all. And I just don't see how they get past some of this stuff, Okay. I'm going to start here with you tonight, Brady, because we talk so much about Bam's significance and when he's not on the floor, what they can and what they cannot do. Okay. But they had to close that game tonight with basically Caleb Martin playing the five. I mean, Jimmy or Caleb, the rebounding the past two games, they gave up 20 offensive rebounds the last game. Tonight, they gave up, excuse me, the final rebound totals were 23 for the Heat. 42 for Toronto. That's 16 offensive rebounds for Toronto. I mean, just for some perspective here, 35 rebound chances on the Heat's end, and Miami only got 19 of them out of 35. Um, Combine that with the turnover number tonight, which was 23 turnovers, and some of that is a result of guys who haven't played a whole lot, like uh, like, you know, Jamal Kane, although he didn't have a turnover. Jovic, he had two turnovers. Jimmy Butler had five turnovers, and I did not think played particularly well tonight. 
But you cannot, no matter how well you shoot, Brady, if you're turning the ball over and you can't rebound, eventually it is going to catch up with you. Yeah, pretty much. Like the Heat literally shot 55% from the field. Like they shot 55% from the field and they shouldn't have had a chance to win. Like the fact that it was even this close is wild because the, the, the numbers you just went through, the rebounding and the turnovers, uh, was problematic. I'll start with the rebounding and I'll say, because we talk so often about rebounding and we talk about schematics or we say about the switching, he didn't switch tonight. <laughs> like they didn't have Bam, they did not switch and they still had rebounding issues. It's just a size matter here. Like we're not talking about other than anything else. Like you hit on it. The fact that Jerry Butler is your closing five, which 100%, like we cannot sit here and say that that was a Spo thing because I think all four of us are, are closing with Jimmy at the five tonight. Like, I'm not putting Jovic on the floor closing this game. I'm not putting Deadman on the floor closing this game at the five. Like, I would do this exact same thing. Uh, so it's more just a roster construction thing in general. And it's just, it's hard to overcome that. Like, it just really is. And then the turnover problem, there was one thing you can't do against this Raptors team. And, and they did it. Like, they pretty much said the one thing you can't do is turn the ball over because they're not a great half-court offensive team. Like, they really aren't. Uh, you, they're just going to get out in transition. They're going to kill you that way, and that's pretty much what we saw. Uh, but I'll say on the, on the other part, when we were talking about the lack of bigs and rebounding and stuff, the Raptors went on a 21-0 run in the third quarter, and, and I think it was seven minutes where the Heat didn't score. But I don't even have a problem with that because the Raptors are that good defensively. They were pressuring out to half court. They weren't letting them get into shots. We could have that discussion for another time. But defensively, they allowed 21 points like in a very short span. Every one of those actions was going at Dwayne Dedman. Like, like there was so Dedman entered the game. He walks to the scores table. He enters. They have an inbound like on the side where Van Vliet gets the ball in an inbound. He looks at Ananobi and he calls a play where he like motions him to go to the left side and he calls a play where it's like Ananobi flies off like two screens and it's a curl where he's going basically on a two on one inside to, onto Dedman. They basically did that same exact thing in different variations for the next over. like six minutes. And over and over. Over and over with him and then Van Vleet just normal pick and roll. So like when you have that in this equation where you don't have another big besides Deadman, and then the one big that you do have is giving you this these type of problems, which he had some good buckets in this game. Like I'm not sitting here and just totally just going to throw him under the bus. But the, it, was, it was pretty bad to say the least in general. Like I tweeted something a couple of weeks ago where I said, like, if Jimmy goes out, they have off. They can throw somebody in there to kind of mirror it. Tyler goes out, they can kind of do that. Kyle goes out, they can kind of do that. If Bam goes out, I was like, they don't have an answer. And tonight, I felt like they, even though Jovic played well, they didn't have an answer. Bam's the most important player on this team. I'm, 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 sure. I'm there, okay? I, I'm there. We can talk We can talk about aggressiveness or whatever. He's irreplaceable for them. They, did, they replaced him, Greg, for some time last year. They had to. They had no choice. Other guys stepped up during that circumstance. But I'm at this point too, okay? Dwayne Dedman is unplayable. He's yeah. just unplayable. And, and it's the limitations are too noticeable. He is too much of a target. I mean, he was four of five tonight at one point without a rebound uh, at one stage. I don't know if he finished with any. But he was four or five, and he was still unplayable. It's just it, – it, and, and this is the thing where They're the stuck. injury, which we haven't discussed much, but we don't know what he would have been – but I feel like they need a backup five more than they need a starting four. And we'll talk about Jovic, but I don't know how you can continue with Dwayne Denman in the rotation when he is such a target on a nightly basis. And the screen setting, he's going to get called for two moving screens in every single game. And then it became like contagious in this game yeah. where everybody was getting called for moving screens. It's time to move on. And it's unfortunate that 
Uh, we have to say that because I've liked what Dwayne Dedman has brought to his time in Miami and he still has his moments, right? Even tonight, he got some buckets and stuff like that. So he's not completely, um, you know, like it's not all negative, but to your point, he's basically unplayable and like particularly against good teams. If we were to talk about game planning in a series, I don't even want to think about what would happen to Dwayne Dedman in a series where they were game planning for, uh, having him out on the court. So to that point, what do you do right now? You have to stem the tide with him because what else, what other options do you have? You don't have any other big man. This roster is built in a way where you have an empty spot. You have Udonis Haslam, who I guess they can start to play, but wasn't there tonight. Uh, Omer is now out. Um, and so like it's, do you bring Orlando Robinson in and give him a shot? I think that you're in a really weird spot where you kind of have to go with Dwayne Dedman because you need the size, because one of the biggest things that I think is plaguing this team is not, you're right, Ethan, it's not about a starting four. Like I see these, these trades and we're not going to go off on this tangent, but like for Kyle Kuzma, this team is not missing a Kyle Kuzma. They're missing a guy who can like shore up the back line and play defense and guard up and do the things that like kind of PJ Tucker did, but obviously be maybe a little bit more dynamic offensively. And that's likely going to be a big man that adds size. So to your point, you're right. That's where they have to go shopping and um, they just have to wait a while. That's the, the tough part is that they can't necessarily go out and make a transaction tomorrow that would fix this because they're going to probably have to use Dwayne Dedman's salary to make something work. Right. And that salary can't be used until January, which is the other issue here. But what happens in a game like this is you have Van Vliet who's struggling early, right? Has missed some time, was rusty, was 0 of 6. But then Dedman's just dropping and dropping and dropping and dropping. And a guy like Van Vliet is going to work himself out of that and then you also had somebody in Ananobi who, by the way, if there were 10 players in the league that the Heat would target for the next five years, I think OG Ananobi would be on the list. Like he is such a Heat player. I felt that way oh, when he came out of the I draft. Say, top of the list. <laughs> he might be. He, he, he might be. But Brian, let, let's let's go to the next part of this. And because I don't want to, I don't want to spend too much energy on the Deadman thing, but it mattered tonight. But what also mattered is you don't have Bam, you don't have Tyler, and Jimmy. <laughs> takes how many shots tonight he took ocho eight i mean he, at one he, he was at four like with halfway through the fourth. right so yeah right right i, I okay. had that written down yeah F- five assists one rebound five turnovers minus four on the game 13 points 38 minutes it was kind of a no-show tonight yeah and i was surprised that they were in the game for as long as they were given that Bam and Tyler weren't there and that Jimmy Butler had the night that he had. Like I literally wrote down seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. Why does Jimmy have four shots and five turnovers and also just one rebound? Like for me, that was the other thing. I felt like the team in general, we already touched on the rebounding issues in this game. There was a lack of boxing out and a team that you don't want to buy a team that you don't want to miss your box outs against. Like that would be the Toronto Raptors. This is the last team in the NBA practically that you want to get out hustled either. Like this, you can't afford those mistakes against this team in particular, regardless of whether or not Pascal Siakam's there or Scotty Barnes is 100%. It doesn't make a lot of sense. And I was surprised that they hung around for as long as they did, but Jimmy Butler was weird. I don't think it's indicative of like the entire season. Like he just had 
a great night and he's had great games so far in a regular season. I don't think this is going to be a trend. I don't know if he played injured. I don't know what it was or it was just one of those one of 82 regular season no shows that you just sort of chalk it up to. Um, And it was against the Toronto Raptors, maybe not the best matchup for him, but I don't think there's any excuse for him to have just four shots into the fourth quarter. And then you finally saw a couple plays where he just rips the ball out of OG Ananubi's hands. And then there were a few plays. We I don't know if we've mentioned this, but in the third quarter, there was a 21-0 run. And that really, like, killed them. There were a couple plays in that run in particular that really was indicative of, like, how much they struggled tonight. And OG Ananubi scoring was a big part of that. But also there was a play like there was a sequence where like Jamal Kane gets to the rim and just misses the layup. It was like sort of one of these up and unders and he was right at the rim, just missed it. And then on the other end, OG Ananubi had just scored. They're running a pin down to get him the ball because obviously they're going to get him the ball. He's hot and he's going to come around the heat of help over the top. They're not letting him get the ball. But then what happens is he just turns, he stops his cut or he stops coming around the screen. He turns and he just goes back door and nobody's there. And nobody's there, and he has an alley-oop at the rim. And it was like those kind of plays all night long. It was I don't know if it was a lack of focus or whatever, but I thought they played pretty well in the first half, all things considered. And to allow the 21-0 run, like they just dropped what I thought was a good opportunity to get above 500, especially on a four-game road trip where these games are all going to be pretty tough. Well, I mean, Lynette mentions this, though. Like, there was a lot of overpassing tonight. I mean, Caleb had that one. I don't know what Caleb was doing there. I guess he switched pivot feet, but he ends up passing it out late in the shot clock. Here, here's what it looks like with this team to me, Brady. And, again, the second half of this episode, we're going to talk about Jovic. We're going to take your comments. And then, of course, if you're on the YouTube channel, we will absolutely read your comments and questions if you use the Super Chat function. Um, but it just feels like they're always scrambling on both ends as a result of the limitations of the personnel. So it's what we, you know, we discussed them changing their defense a little bit. And obviously tonight we don't have BAM. So it's not representative of that. We can't, you can't judge anything off of it because that whole defense is based on BAM. Okay. But it just seems like always guarding up, right. Always having to guard up, always scrambling. And then on the other end, it's like, even when they're shooting well, it doesn't come easy because they're at a size deficiency everywhere on the floor on the other end. And Toronto didn't have all of its length tonight because Siakam's a big part of that, which is why I'm not going to allow the Bam Hero excuse tonight because Pascal Siakam's played like a top 15 player this year. But I mean, that's the thing, Brady. Like, how, uh, without getting into Jovic, which I, I wanted, we're going to spend the last 10 minutes of this episode on that. What what do they do there so it doesn't – I mean, Gabe Vincent is battling his ass off, okay? He really is. Like, Gabe kept them in this thing, and he embodies everything that they're about, but they're playing Lowry and Gabe together against – Van Vliet's small, but typically against bigger guards all the time. They are always having to compensate for the deficiencies of the roster. Yeah, and I know Spo is not reaction-based, but when you're at a point in a game – and once again, they're without two of their primary guys, but – they're at an end of a game against one of the lengthier teams in the league, and they have to close, as we said before, with Kyle Lowry and Gabe in their backcourt and Jimmy as their star, as their five. Like, if that isn't personnel limitation based, like I don't know what is. Like, that's pretty much what it is. And they're trying to make do with what they have. Uh, and like you just said, like I think Gabe is battling as much as possible. Uh, side note that this is not why they lost, and and Miami's been on the good end of a lot of calls, but like on both sides this was the most weirdly ref game in general is it yeah. i don't it, was this a record for most travels called like was that a, a thing from the league put in to like start they're honing in on now. that they have to be but uh, anyway uh 
it's just an interesting way to play because they do have limitations on both ends. I just don't know what they, what they do when they have this many guys playing. I think they uh, offensively, like with the Jimmy thing specifically, like I know we're talking about him and not getting shot attempts. I will say on the other hand, he was basically getting three people sent to him every time he could touch the ball. So like, it wasn't like, I felt like he was coasting at times because like he wasn't involved in the offense, but like the other side of it's like, like the other guys in Miami have to go make a play backside because they have two to three players sprint to get Jimmy in the high post. Like that's just the way it is. But limitations base is more so, I don't feel like they, like they shot 55% from the field. This wasn't an offensive thing. I don't feel like they had limitations on that end. It's just defensively, like, I don't want to, <laughs> I want to hone in on Denman again, but like you hit on the rebounding thing. They played drop with him the entire time he had zero rebounds. Like, I, I don't think I can express that enough. Like, th- this is, they're not switching and Deadman's on the perimeter, Gabe's boxing out uh, Chris Boucher. Like, he is in drop and that's happening. And it wasn't even like they were sitting here being highly efficient offensively. Like, yeah, they shot 51% from the field, but that was a lot of that's transition. They shot 27% from three. Like, this is, it wasn't even a, like a, they were just taking the ball to the net all night. So it's just, it's a weird dynamic in general. So, well, Brady, they're basically playing a contract. It's not even like because right. I, 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 I hate Where's to say Hassan? it, <laughs> right, but, but, but I, I hate to say it, but the reality is that if they didn't need that contract for a trade come January into the to give themselves six weeks into the trade deadline or whatever it is, Deadman probably wouldn't have been back. And Omer would be got, playing a ton right now. Omer right, would be right. instead he got he got a, instead he got a two year deal. Um, and that right th- this was. He got a two-year deal with with pretty significant money because they need the money to trade. I mean, this is just this is basically cap mechanics um, that's happened here. This comment comes if we have Gabe and Deadman's <laughs> can we swap Gabe and Deadman bodies? I, you know, look, they. I thought I thought Caleb had a good. We talk about this all the time. The three guys that I, you consistently get effort from, Caleb, Max, and Gabe. I thought we're all good tonight. Keep them um, around. Know, Max, Max has one off game and he always comes back with, with a solid one. The next one. I don't know why he's wearing Dwayne Wade's number. Uh, that's a whole nother issue. I, you can't even see the one on that jersey. I don't know what that was. They unretired uh, Dwayne's number. But Greg, before we get, before we get into Jovic, okay, you, you are typically positive of, about these things. Um, mm-hmm. And the Heat were coming off a three-game winning streak. All is not lost. Okay, they just had a really good win against Phoenix. Again, a Phoenix team that was depleted, sort of like Toronto was depleted. My thing is this, as we talk about the front office, they are not stupid, okay? They can see that their team is just, it's like pushing a rock up the hill every single game, right? Yep. It's, just, <laughs> it's a struggle. It is. It's not their fault. But and, and if you don't get maximum effort or maximum performance from Jimmy, and Kyle, look, here's the thing. Kyle was fine tonight. He went over his prize picks number. By the way, use that code 5FIVE. I knew he would in Toronto, but he didn't take over in the last two, three minutes either. He didn't settle them significantly. He didn't get them out of their turnover problems. So it really is all Jimmy. And when you get a game like this from Jimmy, it's too hard for the other guys to push the the boulder up the hill. Like Jimmy wasn't awful, but he was just okay. And they can't win in these circumstances with him just okay because – they are overcoming the fact that they're basically the other team is playing volleyball on the offensive end and getting possession after possession. 
That's the issue. It's like, I think that they actually have enough guys uh, regular season wise. If Tyler hero is healthy and bam Adebayo is healthy to do some heavy lifting so that Jimmy does not have to be playoff Jimmy throughout the entire regular season. I think getting guys in the right roles, find, finding out the cohesive units that work correctly is another conversation that they haven't got to yet. Cause Tyler obviously hasn't been great in the starting lineup. Um, uh, or, or find uh, he hasn't found his way there. But to your point, like this is not an issue to me about offense. Like this is about that they lack rebounding and to a certain degree it's connected to defense. And I think that those two things are so linked. And so like when we talk about what ails this team and when we talk about players externally that they could try to target that could help clean some of that up, it's it's not the names that people expect, like the all-stars that average 19 a game. like that. I don't think that that's going to be where this heads. I think that they're going to look for a combination of maybe two players that can provide uh, different ranges of big man and wing skill sets that can defend and things like that because it's not coming from anywhere else. So as much as I like to be positive, I acknowledge, and I think the front office would acknowledge, that there is holes on this roster, but they have tools with which to fill them. It's just how much of their draft capital draft draft capital capital gosh capital well they're going they to the nation's capital next. The, the, Greg, they're going to the nation's capital next so the so they'll they'll handle it there uh we're going to talk about the, we're going to talk about the one positive from tonight's game nikola jovich I, and first time ever brady by the way that i pronounce it as jovich so let's it's, it's not Jokic, it's jovich i got it right uh before we get there though I do want to tell you about another sponsor a nightly sponsor here post-game sponsor of the five reasons sports network and that's odm Performance Solutions, ODM Performance Solutions. You can find them at odmpsi.com. You know, team building is hard. Just ask the city of Sacramento for the last 15 years. ODM PSI can help you build a winning team and keep it together. If you're looking to fill an important role in your company, ODM PSI can help you find C-suite level leadership, sales rainmakers, plus management and operational support staff. I promise they will not hire anybody from the upper levels of FTX. To find out more, I should have checked on that first. But to find out more, check out odmpsi.com. That's odmpsi.com. Or give them a call at 954-434-0634. That's 954-434-0634. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Miami Heat. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? 
Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, the ODM performance solution of the night. Bam playing. <laughs> that would have changed everything here. Brady, real quick, okay? Because I, for people who do not understand it, Okay, who sit there and criticize Bam after every game that he doesn't give you 25 and doesn't do the kind of things we saw in the last game. Give me like two examples of things that they missed tonight. Uh, Less Deadman. (laughs) I don't know. I I feel like every every question you give me is just like a Deadman talk. But uh, no, like the fact that we've seen these last three games, first of all, when he does play drop what is he getting 14, 15 boards a game when he's playing in drop? The only reason that he's getting around 10, 11 boards a game is because he's in a schematic thing where he's switching. He's at the top of the key. That's what everybody's always screaming about offensively. Like I said before, I don't have many problems. I guess screening, like as much as people hate the way, like sometimes when Bam gets those moving screens, like most of the time you understand the amount of times he's setting a screen in a game. Like if you ever watch him off the ball in the bottom box, like how many pin downs he's setting. If Max is at the top of the key, that's because Bam just set a screen for him. So screening and, and and just defense man like that's it really is that simple like i like for me to sit here and say like i'm surprised that they lost this game is like yes they could have won it but like on the surface i don't think they can win many games with bam sitting like i really don't like i just look at this roster and i just don't know how they even get close the only way is if they play a toronto team and they just shoot poorly like other than that i don't know how they can just match buckets with a team when bam is just not on the floor Let's get to the one positive tonight. 11 points in the first quarter, moving without the ball, cutting without the ball, making the right reads. I thought actually also Nikola Jovic, I thought defensively he was fine. I mean, I, I don't know if I missed something, uh, but you know, I'll go to Brian on this. Like he was in the right position. He goes straight up. Of course he's going to get some foul calls, although it didn't really happen tonight. He just looks like he belongs. Like I, I, and and here's here's where I come down on this. Okay, we're talking about Deadman, right? I, I I think you're getting to the point where one of the ways to cut Deadman's minutes, okay, is to keep elevating Jovic, get him to the point where he can start, bring Caleb off the bench as your three four, play Deadman maybe one stint. <laughs> That's it. And essentially, you have Bam and Jovic as your fives who are also playing together. That, to me, that's the performance solution, I think, going forward. How far away do you think we are from Nikola Jovic uh, being a player that you can start next to Bam Adebayo? Because he doesn't look that far away to me. He's their starting for the future, and I feel like you should just plug him in right now. And I've been, we've been potting up here a few different times, Greg and I, and we've been talking about this and I've been calling for more, more Nikola Jovic because I don't think anyone 
covering this team was higher on him uh, in draft night. That's uh, true. You know what I mean? Because I would, I, I said it on draft night. He's going to be a top 10 player from this draft class. I really believe that uh, top prospect in the ABA league when he was playing overseas and got votes last year in the GM survey as one of the best players internationally that was not yet in the NBA. I will remind you that when that survey came out, Nikola Jovic was 18 years old. He is 19 years old now. He will be 22 going on 23 at the time he gets his second contract. And by then, Bam won't even be 30 yet. So I think to me, if he can give you Kelly Olynyk-like production, right, to use a name that we're familiar with, if he can give you something similar to that, you'll take it. Eventually, I think he could be Hidu Turkaloo-ish, and people might like sort of be like, oh, is that even a great compare? Like, was Hidu even that nice? Go back and look at some of the things Hidu was doing, particularly with the Orlando Magic during the Dwight Howard days. He the PEDs really helped, Brian, but yes, yes, yeah, he, was, yeah. he was very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but with Nikola Jovic, with Nikola Jovic, that was funny. But with Nikola Jovic, like, he can put the ball on the floor, he can stretch. He can, like, he's a smart, he's smart player for a 19-year-old kid. He also has playmaking ability, and I think that you can do a lot of interesting things with him and Bam on the floor together. Like, you can run pick and roll and pick and pop with them two together. Now, try to guard that, right? Two guys who are, like, 6'10", 6'11", and being able to do, like, a lot of these different things offensively and what could come out of that surrounding them with shooters like Max Struess coming off the screens or whatever the case may be. Like you can do a lot of different things with just those two on the floor that you cannot do with the Dwayne Dedman with anybody, no offense. And Omer Yurtsevin, we don't know if we're going to see him this year. So I think Nikola Jovic right now on the roster, like in, in terms of improving your roster right now, that's probably the best you can do is just plug him in at the four and give him serious minutes until you can sort of fortify that front line in January. Greg, here's the thing about this. So Caleb hasn't done anything to deserve losing his starting spot. Okay. And and Caleb's going to get minutes regardless. But this team to me, the way they are built, the rotation they're playing has a ceiling. I know we don't like to talk about ceilings, but it just looks like they're going to keep bumping up against their ceiling. Jimmy Butler also has has a window, right? And so we've always characterized the Jimmy Butler window in a way where we've said, you can't play a 19-year-old kid with him right now because you need to win. Yeah, but but their ceiling is higher with Jovic than it is without Jovic it because could be. he offers an entire dimension here that they don't have. I mean, it, it's just but. just just watching someone of his height be able to read the floor. Okay, whether it's from the perimeter or from the post or from the mid post, and be able to make the right pass, make the right play. He made a great touch pass today, like quick hitting pass. I think it was to Caleb, which was like a veteran play, like eyes behind his head. He is, uh, you you talk about Hidu Turkoglu, uh, and I think that's actually an interesting name, Brian. He's taller than Hidu, uh, although uh, you know obviously Hidu played with a, with Rashard and and with uh, with Dwayne with Dwight Howard. In fact, Hidu was kind of Stan kind of popularized the the uh, the stretch four thing in Orlando. Doesn't get a whole lot of credit for it, but it was with that group. But I, I actually think that there's even more skilled uh bigs that that Jovic is going to be compared to I think the kid's a future star I do I I just everything I've seen from him in preseason the way his teammates talk about him it's almost like Spo has wanted to make him earn it but can't (laughs) you know what I mean like well you know I just think you play him I I just think you play him and you see where it goes because otherwise this team is going to keep bumping up against their ceiling anyway play him absolutely and they will I think that you're going to see more of him now 
um, because it's not sustainable to play eight. And uh, and obviously there's been guys that we've thought are going to come back and then Tyler's not traveling, which was weird. So to your point, you're going to see more of them. Start him? I don't think so. I honestly, um, I don't know if this will be a hot take or not. I think that there's a much larger chance that Spolstra were to present a scenario where Max Struess takes over Tyler Hero's starting spot and they say for the good of the team, if that's what they do, prior to um, <laughs> that, like that versus them going to Caleb Martin and saying, Jovich, you're going to be starting instead. I think that that's not going to happen, um, that they will wait until they get a front court piece that is um, by either their veteran status or however, you know, their accolades, whatever. Caleb Martin just understands that now he's going to assume the role that he was brought to be played at, and that's wing off the bench. Um, I don't think that they're going to make that switch for the young, the young kids starting, but playing, absolutely. We're going to do a whole pot on that tomorrow, by the way. Uh, I, I, I want to I talk about that because it, it's, it's very clear when you watch the spacing – Tonight. It's better right. now. There's no doubt. It, it's better. And, and and part of it was Jovich tonight. And a lot of it is Max. And that's, I mean, I'm not saying you couldn't have used Tyler Hero tonight, Brady. But just schematically, it still looks to me like if you're going to start Kyle, which they're going to continue to do, that Max Struess is the better two guard for that lineup than Tyler Hero is. But there is, I don't think there's any way in bleep, okay, that they're going to go to Tyler and tell him they're taking him out of the starting lineup. I, I, I just don't, I don't see it happening. I, I mean, Greg, I'll go back to Brady in a second. Greg, you, you think they would actually do that as an organization? So you already got paid. So we're now we're putting you on the bench. Tyler's made it clear. He's this, not down with that. This is what it boils down to. If they struggle and lose games when they start him, but then when they don't start him, they win games. They're going, the winning is going to win out. And feelings will come later. And I don't know what that'll happen to relationships, but like, I just can't see a scenario where a Jimmy Butler team, Jimmy Butler led team and Eric Spolster coach team is winning games, doing something and they go away from it for um, the sake of somebody's feelings. Like that would be counter. But they just did this two seasons ago. So I, I, I just, I don't know that they can, I mean, they did it after 10 games, two seasons ago. So now to do it after 20 games this season, I just, I don't see it. I understand what you're saying about, and I want to save a lot of this for tomorrow, but I understand what you're saying about the idea of pulling Caleb for Jovic, but Caleb doesn't have the max contract. Okay. No, that's true. And that's why this is tricky. He's undrafted. This is a great comment. We're going to get to the – and Brady, we'll get to you in a second. We're going to give the comments uh, – we're going to throw these around. So one one for Brady, one for Ryan, and one for Greg. Again, thanks for our sponsors. Uh, Prize Picks is another. Use that code 5, F-I-V-E. Get your initial deposit matched up to $100. You would have gone under on Jimmy tonight, over on Kyle. Um, I think under on Caleb also. But go to Prize Picks, play the NFL, play the NBA. Brian there uh, does all the fight stuff. So the boxing, uh, check that out as well, the boxing, the MMA over at prize picks use the code five to get your initial deposit matched up to a hundred dollars you can download it from the google play store or the apple app store or go to prizepicks.com there it is uh thanks to our producer manny chang i've seen some comments i like here manny so let's try to pull one of them up i saw one from randy it was randy chambers over here what was it he says if Jovich was undrafted he'd be playing 30 minutes a night <laughs> <laughs> shake my head i, I mean that's kind of fair, Brady, isn't it? Like, it, it feels like they make their draft picks earn it. 
right? But the undrafted guys, they just <laughs> slot in. If Jovic was on a two-way contract, he'd be the starting four right now. Like the fact that he's actually on the roster with a contract means that that's not the case. But uh, it is wild, though. It really is because they seem to like when they have a type of guy like in the draft, they like to just take him more long term. Uh, but the, to touch on Jovic really quickly, the funny thing I think is that something I think is funny about positionally because we keep talking about him and comparing to dead men at the five. Like the funny thing is, is he's like. Yeah, he's he's six ten, but he's not a five. Like I want to see him at the four. Like that, we can't even get like real observations right now with him playing the five. Like I keep coming back to the point. Like he played point guard <laughs> basically his entire life. Like he was not screening on pick and rolls and rolling to the basket. He was running pick and rolls. He was the one that was kicking out and spraying and getting paint touches and scoring and doing all that type of stuff. He's all of a sudden just on the fly had to just figure this stuff out. And the fact that I think. We've seen his passing still shine, his popping ability and his quick trigger. Like, I think his, he, he's a natural shooter. Like, he really is. Like, the fact he has a quick trigger, can shoot over the top of people. Uh, there's just a lot of natural ability there that I just don't know why you wouldn't want to go to it. But the, I just keep coming back to the point that it's just, like, positionally, this isn't a normal thing to adjust to. So, like, we can't even, like, this is – when we say this is his first real debut game of the regular season, like, he had the one game where he played a little bit. But I'd say, like, this is true, the fact that he's starting at the four – and the fact that he looked like that, like in this different position, and for one, I don't think he's continue to play in this position. Uh, I think it just it speaks a lot on what they could do with him, I guess, moving forward. And and on the Bam point, to Brian's point, that's going to tell us everything. Like the, mm. when you put him next to Bam and see what he can do, like he was talking about the different things you can run. Like I remember early in the preseason, I, I asked Spo about like when you have two passers of that caliber, like you have two six nine to six ten passers that you can run stuff through, like. I don't know what you do with that, to be honest. I just watch the way Jimmy plays with him on the court. It, you can tell when Jimmy likes playing with a guy and when he doesn't. Correct. You're right. <laughs> he likes playing with him. Like, he was looking for him early in the game. Like, there, there's like, a comfort like a level that's already developed there. So, I, I want to put aside the Jimmy Butler window stuff when it comes to Jovic. I, I don't think it applies. I think the kid is so far advanced in terms of the way he reads the game. And Brady mentioned it. He's had to do this at a different position. As always, the Heat are kind of forcing a player into a spot maybe that is not ideal for them and sort of making it hard and trying to get them to figure out. They're just making things so hard on themselves this season. That, that's it. And, and then trying to find a way to dig out of it. All right, we're going to take two more comments here before we close. Uh, thanks to our sponsors, ODM Performance Solutions, A Aggressive Insurance, Lynette watching the stream right now, as well as Prize Picks. Uh, this comes in from Geo. I'll go to you on this one, Brady. Uh, at the end, well, I know how you feel about this one. At the end of the day, Caleb is not a four. He's good, but he's not a four. Let Jovic start and don't mess with the chemistry removing Tyler. How do you feel about the word chemistry removing Tyler? Because I'm saying it because I think it becomes a person, per, a personality issue more like removing Tyler when you basically given him the starting spot, given him the contract. There's a problem there. I don't know necessarily hurts the chemistry to remove Tyler because I actually think the chemistry of the court is better between Struess and Lowry and Jimmy than it is between Tyler and and Lowry and Jimmy. There's a pod to be done there. Yeah, I feel like I feel like you're bleeding into tomorrow's podcast. But the, the the chemistry thing, I just feel like is more how does Tyler respond to it? Like I think we will hear like everybody will hear that he's if they get to that point for once let me just say i don't think they should get to that point now like i still think it's too early and i know people are going to say like if they fall way below 500 then it becomes problematic but like 
I think there has to be – we have to have a bigger sample size of this starting lineup with Tyler before we make that observation. Like, that's just kind of my view of it. Uh, but if it gets to the point where it's clear that the offense is not run the same way, that the actions are better with Max in there, uh, I'm just interested to see the way he responds to it because if they does get to that point, I think we'll hear a lot of, like, you know, I'll do with what, what's best for the team and this. But, like, what is what is the feeling <laughs> in reality? Like, what is what is really going on there? Uh, but like, we also look at this from this perspective where you say, I'm looking at the bench tonight where I see, uh, Duncan obviously did not have a good game again. You have Gabe that actually played a really well rounded game. We talked a lot about Deadman in the, in the fourth guy off the bench was Jamal Kane, which I thought he played six minutes. I thought he didn't look like he knew where to be, to be honest, like a lot of points. This like he, he looked like he needed a lot of time, I guess, to figure out this offense in general. But I look at this bench and I say, like, they could use a shot creator. Like, they really couldn't. I think, in theory, this team thought they were going to have Victor Oladipo in that spot right now, where they said we would have a certain level of shot creation. But right now, it's like, Gabe, if Gabe Vincent wasn't doing what Gabe Vincent is doing, where, where are they getting scoring from? Because there's, I look around, and I don't know where they'd get it from. Victor Oladipo's on the trip, by the way, which is interesting mm-hmm. to me. I, I watched him before the game the other night, and he wasn't going hard, but he also didn't look limited. Okay, so I I don't know that he's that far away. Remember, I said two weeks ago that I was told weeks, not months. So I still think we could see him early December. I I think that's a possibility. The fact that he's on the trip, that was an indication last year that he was closer to coming back. All right, Manny, uh, let's throw up one more comment here before we close. I'll let Brian and Greg fight over this one. What do we got? There we go. Uh, this comes in from Andrew Lewis. The problem with starting Jovic is who guards the dynamic guards to start the game or the third. That is a good point because Caleb Martin has been doing that this year because they really don't trust Kyle Lowry to do it. Right, Brian? Well, uh, Kyle Lowry is another topic for another day. Although I, I, give him, I gave him credit last episode because he had been playing better lately. Um, but that's another story for another day. Yeah, I, I think that you still have a high high enough ceiling with Jovic to start. But to your point, to Greg's point, really, I don't think they're going to go that route right now anyway. But I do think he should see some serious minutes. And we were, we said, we've said this a time or two or three or four or five that Caleb is kind of playing out of position anyway. But he is going to be needed there to guard, especially if you have Kyle there and if you're going to roll with Tyler or Max. Like Caleb is probably your best bet at defending those other spots. Um, I do think that seeing Jovic play with Bam offensively, though, will kind of sway people in that direction because I think that's something that that's going to work. And if Spo is supposedly leaning offense, Nikola Jovic playing alongside Bam and Jimmy is a way to do that. And I, I don't think he's going to be completely lost on the defensive end either, but they're going to have to figure things, figure some things out, regardless, like their roster construction. It's just not great. And honestly, like we thought that Victor Oladipo was going to play. He was going to help solve some of these defensive issues and him not being there, I think is sort of an underrated part of the season that has been lingering and it has really hurt them in these first 15 games. I mean, it's too bad, Greg, that, uh, that Jovic can't put Sioux Falls on his passport so that he gets in the starting lineup uh, immediately because I, I do think it, this is so true though. We have hit on this tonight. If we've solved anything tonight, our performance solution is if you want to play consistent minutes for the Miami heat, go undrafted. Yeah. I, I think that that's, that's what we've, because, I mean, except Dwayne, 
but he's well, the outlier for and Rio, but they had no choice in that one, right? And our guy <laughs> knows Cole, but like, yeah, but for the most part, that is the I mean, the Michael Beasley experience is coming back to me now. And but here's the thing about it, okay? As skilled as Michael Beasley was, Nikola Jovic reads the game better at 19 than Michael Beasley did at any stage in his career. I mean, he just no he, doubt. right. So Alex uh, would not be having this right now. I was going to no, say that. <laughs> well, Alex isn't here. That's true. Alex will be producing this, so he'll hear it. Um, I do want to make one announcement here before we go. We've got our first watch party of the year. You guys are going to blame us for this. I'm sorry about the opponent. You picked the right game, though. We know what this is going to be. Uh, two weeks from tonight, the heater in Boston, of all places, and we're having a watch party at Tropical Distillery in Miami at Alapata. Uh, we're going to have to get Brady a different wristband there, but basically we're going to have a watch party uh, starting at about six o'clock. And uh, we're actually, we're probably going to collaborate uh, with another local entity on that one. So that's going to be uh, a lot of fun as Greg is perking his ears up right now, but it's basically, if you get there before tip, it's a free shot. Okay. So that's it. And not, not, not the kind at the basket either. So we're going to have our first watch party at tropical distillery two weeks from tonight Everybody is welcome. It's free to get in. Uh, it's a great new spot down there. It's actually owned by the Pouncey brothers. If you're familiar uh, with them, Mike and Marquise Pouncey, who played for the Dolphins and, and the Steelers. Done. Geo comes in, guaranteed loss because of the watch party. You know what? You know why it's good? They were going to lose that game anyway. House money okay. game. Smart. Right. They were going <laughs> to lose that game anyway. Remember, this is when we did the Milwaukee game a couple of years ago. They said they had no chance to win it. Jimmy wasn't playing uh, and they won on a watch party night. So that can't happen. Thanks, everybody, for joining us tonight. We're going to do the hero pod tomorrow, Greg. That's tomorrow's assignment. So let's prep for that one. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network. What's so special about hero bread, soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas. Hero bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.